everybody, I'm Robert, and this is Figure of Speech, a podcast dedicated to the impact of forensics. Episode 13, Amanda Samoyloff. Hi. Hi, Amanda. How are you? I'm great. How are you? 13. Lucky 13. I know. It's just, you know, so on brand for You me heard to my come little up. pause right before I said that. Wait, it's episode 13. I know. Uh, welcome in. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you. I'm, it's enjoyable. <laughs> Amanda, you and I, uh, we competed against each other. I think we overlapped. Um, you can, I want to find out how many years you competed, but I think we overlapped for the same amount of time at the college level. Um, uh, did you compete for four years or three years or how, how many years did you compete? I did, I did four years. Four years. Yes. So I, I actually came in on my sophomore year okay. in college. So I, I extended one more year in college just to compete myself. Just to compete. You know, you had to, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, I did. <laughs> yeah. Hey. So, uh, it was like 2005 to 2009. 2009. That was your last year. Yes. And, uh, you're someone that I'm, I'm really excited to have in here because I, I don't know there's there's certain things that have happened between you and I as competitors that I found to be really interesting not necessarily even at the time but just upon reflection like looking back on some of the things that happened and um you and I had a, an interesting relationship competitor wise because we were on separate teams we helped each other out so much yeah and there were there were uh, quite a few instances where I remember especially afterward after maybe a year of uh, being removed from competition thinking about wow we we really workshopped with each other and really helped the other person beat ourselves I know. which is kind of weird when you think about it exactly well I think it was just a genuine respect yeah. I think that we both saw in each other like a talent that we wanted to help each other mm. and I think it really just comes down to respect as a competitor and in that world and um it is interesting though because that doesn't happen often yeah. I haven't really actually seen it not that I don't know if people were secretive about it like we were yeah maybe <laughs> not, like, not like we were like, usually when that happens they're they're about. off having sex in some remote corner <laughs> exactly. and that's that's not what your my relationship was no this was um, more like a creative sex yeah. right like here i'm gonna give you this and you'll give me that perfect yeah. <laughs> so let's walk walk us through how you got involved in the first place like how how did you come into the forensics world well um interestingly enough my freshman year i was just kind of a bit of like a mess. I didn't really know what I wanted to do in college. And during the summertime going into my sophomore year, I went onto a CSULB uh, a public forum just to like talk and see if anybody had any t type of activity. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people would have thought I would have gone to sorority. Um, it kind of seems like on brand for me. And that, that's exactly what I didn't want to do. Um, so Why not? then <laughs> I just, I didn't, I don't really fit in with the whole best friend girl like squad mm. type of thing. Um, and I just wanted to, I guess, be different, right, than what I was expected to do. So um, I, Jeremy Carson yep. wrote to me on the forum and said, there's this thing called speech and debate. I Did think you know him would, before that? Or? No, okay. he was just like, we have, um, we're looking for people to be on the team. I think you would really enjoy it. <clears throat> and then, interestingly enough, I 
um, just had gotten a roommate, Jacqueline Paterno, who was on the debate team. So it all kind of happened within like two days of each other. And I was like, well, this is just too coincidental or serendipitous that like she's on the debate team. I just heard about the speech team. So I was like, OK, I'll come to a bowling bowling alley mm-hmm. and check it out where I met Ryan Smith. I was in his interpersonal communications class. And then it was all she wrote. OK. Yeah. He got you after that. Oh, he got me. After Did you that. have any like a uh, previous acting experience or anything like that? Um, I did theater. I was mainly an athlete in uh, high school, but my senior year, I went into theater more or less. Um, but throughout my childhood, I was in a lot of like summer theater camps and things like that. So mm. it was always um, something I was drawn to and I always wanted to be a performer. Uh, so it really seemed like the greatest platform for me to be, you know, actively, I guess, competing yeah. against other people. And uh, I'm naturally competitive. So it was perfect. I, it's so interesting that you say that you wanted to shy away from getting involved in sororities uh, because I think, and and I hope I, this come you take this in the spirit in which it's intended. Okay. Because you're um, you're a pretty girl, a, a pretty young woman, but I think most people would say, what a pretty girl. You know, they would kind of say right, that patronizing right. thing. <laughs> um, you're blonde. Right. And I think it would be very easy to say she belongs in a sorority. Oh, yeah. And I think... What you said about, I want to do something different, I think that even was reflected in the choice of material that you would perform. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first time I ever saw you was, uh, it might not have been the first time I saw you, but the first time I really remember seeing you was the crack cocaine diet, (laughs) which I think was a prose that you had done, or was it a... Yeah, that's the one I won HFO with. And it was dynamite. (laughs) I remember seeing that going, what is happening right now? Like, it... It rocked my world. I remember seeing it, I think at Mount San Antonio College, there was a competition they were having there. And I remember being in the back just going, this is another level of what's happening right now. (laughs) Because it was was a weird piece about you know, you you walk us through. What was it about? It was. I, I mean, it was like these two girls. Uh, the, the character that was the person I was mainly playing, right, uh, was a really jealous um, Regina George type, mm-hmm. but like definitely darker. If we're you know mean girls type, um, and then they decided that they were going to get back at their boyfriends by losing weight by doing crack cocaine because you know that makes sense, and um, they get in a very precarious situation where they go to a drug dealer's house. Right. And the friend ends up sleeping with the guy, but he ends up dying. And like, she's like, what's happening? So at the very end, she ends up like, killing her friend, like down like a, like a quarry or something. It's surreal. It's so wild. But it And then she had planned you. it, though, the whole time. Right, the whole, I remember there was a the big twist end. at the end. And I've since gone back and reread the story a few times. I found it. You told me, and I was, I got to, I got to track the story down. <laughs> and, uh. It's such a unique story, but it also fit you so well. Oh, I don't know if I should do that. Well, I mean Compliment. that. I mean, I mean that because I think people again would look at you and think, "Oh, she belongs in a sorority," and this was right. the kind of girl that you could imagine going into sorority or something like that. Right. And not that that reflects you, but just it's How I casting, looked. right? It's casting mm-hmm. a movie. Yeah, you know, actually, to your point, um, interestingly enough, um, Daniel uh, Lopez, his senior year when we had our, you know, our last like uh, parties, t- yeah. yeah, and like you go around a circle and you kind of talk to each other and you say like what you thought of them and et cetera, et cetera. And he was like, he looked at me and he was like, 
you are you look exactly the opposite of who you are i think that's true and he's like and i'm so sorry because at first judgment i judged you as like this kind of like bimbo didn't know really what was going on and he's like you really surprised me and i and that i held that with me because it was a huge compliment especially coming from daniel who's Mm. not really like open in that way and it was just really kind and sweet of him and especially somebody i looked up to in in this um activity so uh it really kind of put a lens back on myself as well i'm like oh okay that I'm not the sorority girl, right? Well, you really aren't. I mean, no. I, I, I've known you well enough and long enough now that I know your personality, but it does fly in the face of, I mean, your physical appearance. And I don't yeah. mean that in a disparaging way. I think right. it's um, it's a nice compliment. Right. But I think most people, when they first meet you, I mean, let's be honest, your right. physicality is what leads, right? Right. And I think you played into that so well with a lot of the pieces that you chose and I always I knew that if I couldn't beat you in round, I was gonna have a good time watching you do something weird and unique, and be like, "Well, at least this is gonna be fun," you know. Um, <laughs> at it, least it'll be interesting. Well, it sucks to get your to get beat by somebody who's you know awful and boring, and yeah. you're like, "All right, well, now I have to suffer through this twice." You're you know? like, "Oh God." <laughs> Right. Yeah. No. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's um, that's really nice. And I I hope I picked the right pieces. I think that it was interesting though because that wasn't something I necessarily chose, but I loved. I mean, you do choose it. Right. I was given a lot of different pieces of literature to read through and decide on. I mean, it was my. Do you very... remember who gave it to you? Was it Ryan or? Um, I don't know if it was Ryan or if it was Tony D'Amico. Mm. I think it might have been Tony D'Amico who who gave it to me. And I don't think that they really thought anything of it. They, I don't think they really read through it, but I'm the one who kind of cut it down. Mm. And I was like, there is something here. This is pretty cool. Yeah. And But that was my very first piece ever. I, I didn't know anything about speech. I didn't know anything about competing. I didn't even know what the th- formula really was. I just knew. Which is so funny because I remember that competition that I first really noticed that performance. And I remember thinking, this girl knows so much more than I know. And she just <laughs> oh has gosh. it all put together. And she had, uh, you had a look and you had like just, I mean, in terms of your outfit and the way you're opening your book, that's what I mean by I like, was well-groomed. Yeah. Okay? And I was like, CSULB oh, was very good at that. They yeah. definitely, I was very practiced. <laughs> Not me, buddy. <laughs> My, my page turns were sloppy. <laughs> oh, we definitely had the practices, yeah, you the, know? The drills. Yeah, yeah. like open close. <laughs> open close. I know, I think about that now. And I, even trying to explain this to anybody outside of the activity, they're like, what? what? A black book binder with pages and you change characters? Oh, yeah. And, the, and your coaches will be militaristic in, in their discipline to make sure that you do it correctly. Yeah. And I'm like, I used to practice for like 12 hours. We would like be there before nationals are like, what do you mean you were practicing for 12 hours? I'm like, uh, it just, if you only if knew, you only knew. Yeah. So, all right. You, you do crack cocaine diet uh-huh. your first year. Right. And obviously this is leading to some success. Uh-huh. You win HFO with it. I won HFO. Okay. Yes. So that was shocking. And then how did you fare that year at nationals? I ended up getting fourth in poetry. I ended up, I didn't even break the prose. Isn't that AFA. how it happens? Yeah. I think a lot of people were shocked mm. about the HFO situation. I think I don't know if people were really all that excited about a newcomer, definitely a West Coast newcomer oh. winning. And I, I think that because I was so under the radar, nobody knew me. I didn't do it in high school, that they didn't really know where I came from. But I was dressed the way that all the bigger schools right. were. So they probably... I mean, there is those politics in it. So once they kind of caught wind to who I was and what was going on, I think they were like, a lot of them are like, you're not following the formula. 
right? Yeah. Like it wasn't it wasn't formula, yeah. right? That crack cocaine was not what no, they No, 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 no. It was like 2DI, they said. That's what the yeah, ballot said sure. at AFA, right? So then all of a sudden I was getting knocked down for everything that I was getting praised for at HFO, which was very interesting. I think it's also, I, I can't remember who said this, but I remember overhearing somebody at one point and I couldn't agree with them more. I've, and I've just always kind of felt it too. Pros is the most unpredictable event to me because oh, yeah. I feel like you could be killing it all year with pros and you mm-hmm. go to nationals and it's just like, nope, sorry, you're, you're coming in. You're not even not even quartering, finaling. You're just end of the line. Right. And you're right. like, what happened? I thought well, it was doing great. Well, and the, well, that's the thing, though. I, I mean, I think I caught wind to that a little bit more by this my senior year mm. that I placed um, or qualified for pros, didn't go to HFO. And found a new one during that time, yeah. which is the one I won nationals with. Nobody had seen it, but I had worked on it until that time. So it was fresh. And unveiled it. It was new, yeah. right? And so people, and because I had worked so hard on it, and it was definitely my baby, that one, that I think that that was, it, it was something they hadn't seen before. Yeah. So it, it's rewarded in a sense that way. So. So. By the time you come back, your sophomore—I say sophomore year, but I guess it's your second year. That's probably the better yeah. term, right? Mm-hmm. So your second year in competing, right? What what had you learned? What had you gained from doing it for the previous year? Honestly, I didn't do so well my second year. Um, I I don't think that I I think I had a lot of success really quickly, and I didn't think I don't think that I really was working as hard as I had done before because uh-huh. I was trying to prove myself to be part of this activity. And then, yeah, I mean, I did learn a lot. I I learned, you know, a little bit more about the formula. I learned a lot about, like, practicing, rehearsing. I learned a lot about um, time management and things like that. I think practical, real-life stuff that have helped me today. <laughs> but I think as a competitor, I that was a weird year for me. Mm. It was a very weird year. Um, and I didn't do so well. I still play. I was still in, like, semis and quarters, at AFA, but I didn't get to finals that year. So I, I have a, a story that I think I've shared with you before, but one of my favorite stories that involves you was uh, at at winter, well, no, fall champs. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I think I guess it would have been our first year. I was doing duo and you were in that round. <laughs> and I know this story. <laughs> and Dave and I, uh, my partner and I are performing and I'm saying front I row. said something, yeah, front <laughs> and center. Is Amanda and I say something and the spitwad of phlegm just comes out of my mouth and just end over end and did it land on you or on your book it or was something? Like right on the top of my black binder. It was so big. Too. It was just like this big spit. nasty phlegm grossness and i remember at some point kind of glancing down and you smiling and i thought well that's pretty decent of her and i don't don't know if i ever told you but i found the ballot later on and the ballot said the judge actually wrote he said ha you spat on that girl in the front row and then he wrote interactive theater i love it oh my were you dying i wish you still had that i still do i have i've got it i don't have it i've got it's in my dad's house oh my gosh oh that would be amazing it's so funny uh, but that's it, what's really funny is that I forgot about this, but I recently was reading some um, some stuff about my high school state experience for my sophomore year. Right. And I'd done the exact same thing to somebody else in a duo final round at state. And I spit. It was the same like, and I'm oh starting to gosh. think like, 
Like, how many Do I have a I spit <laughs> problem or what? I think, but you were like, I mean, you were so focused. You were in it, right? Like, so when you were in and you guys usually had like. It was just high energy. High, yes, yeah. high energy. So it was going and it was awesome. But I mean, the spit just, I think it was just part of the show. And I, I want to say too, did you, who did you do a duo with your, your second year? I. It wasn't. Alyssa. I think it was Alyssa Reed. Is it Alyssa? Alyssa, yeah. We did. I think we got to quarters. We did some stuff in HFO. But yeah, we did. It was like two like lesbians that like loved each other. There was. It did you have somebody. Did you do a duo your first year? I did. Did I? I seem Jeez, to remember. Like, I'm like, oh, no. This would have been your first year. My because, first year. Because I think it was you. I'm almost positive it was you. Uh at Arizona. Did you go to Arizona that year? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm try- oh, I think it was... Oh, Kevin. It was Kevin. We it was were, Kevin. We did the ovary one. Yes. <laughs> yes. And here's how I remember it. Because we... The first day of, of Arizona, which was at Glendale, uh, Arizona, it, it was a, a community college that was like the, the swing tournament. It was at right. their, their campus. Right. And Dave and I uh, ran our duo and we were so loud. And we caused such a scene and we were just like screaming at the top of our lungs. We finished and everybody applauds. We sit down. And then you and Kevin got up to run yours. And you're like maybe 30 seconds into it. And the teacher from next door comes over and flings open the door and goes, whatever the hell's going on in here? You guys get quiet. He's like, he stops in the middle of your piece. And I'll never forget you and Kevin both just froze. And you were kind of half smiling and still like what do we do and you're like gotta keep going yeah. and you just continue and i piece. think that we were like doing because like, we were like yes I, I remember this and and we were looking in the vagina like we were the ovaries yes. so we were bent down yes while that was happening because we're like that's oh, what it was no, there's something coming like totally freaking like doing the biggest part of it. that was the biggest part of your piece but yes. i think we got you in trouble because we were like, so I, loud I, I, and he walked in thinking it was still you guys oh my god i remember I get, that is such a good memory thank you for that oh my gosh that was so funny i mean and just in the context of what that was it was we were two ovaries and we didn't want sperm yeah you're fighting back the sperm that was coming in yeah and we were screaming no and we had like british accents for for whatever reason i have absolutely no idea why but because it's fun it was fun and yeah that was a good time i i remember that moment going uh, it felt at that point like there was kind of a a, a Southern California inner circle, and uh-huh. I felt like I have now gained enough experiences with these people that I'm I'm part of the group yeah, at this point. Yeah, definitely. You're it like, was one of those moments. Yeah, definitely in those, especially because like that was such a huge scene with the guy coming in and being so mad, and yeah. you're all there and you're all working, and but you're all friends at this point. Right. It's like there's not that many people in those rounds, right? right. So you're. Like, Oh my gosh. So it was wonderful though. Those are great memories. <laughs> I I have memories of you too. Um something I've never really asked you about. I guess mm-hmm. this would have been your third year. Okay. I remember seeing you at a tournament <clears throat> and uh I think you were smoking a cigarette or something. You yeah. kind of removed yourself from the tournament and you seemed um you seemed not over it, but just kind of like it was a lot of weight to continue doing forensics on your shoulders, right? Um, was that the case for you? When, was that like in the beginning or the end? I want to say like AFA or something like that. I want to say it was fall champs at uh, this would have been your third year. 
Okay. Um, I think Tiffany and I came upon you, and it could have been maybe maybe your fourth year, but we came upon you, and you're kind of like, I just I can't, and you were, you seemed over it. Um, <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine. I think that yeah, junior year, I had a lot of. Um, I was kind of battling against it a bit. I think I was over the formula of it. I think I was over of, it felt a lot of control. Like I felt very controlled at that time. Mm. Um, and I think it was, it's in general, like me as a human being, I don't like to feel controlled. Like I like to have my own uh, agenda. Autonomy, yeah. yeah. And I, and it's like, it, that's really hard when you're a part of a team and an organization that you really have to follow the rules. And I'm not saying I'm trying to be like a complete rebel, but you know, you really didn't have much of your own schedule. You know, you were really pretty much married to the team. And by your third year, you're exhausted, you know, especially when you're trying to, you know, qualify six different uh, pieces and we also had the Jack Howe which was like exhausting that we had to run for our team and it was a lot and I think um, I was going through like a weird relationship situation so you know it was just I think a lot was, to worry about yeah it was that plus, but plus college you yeah know, you got that thing college too. right and you're sitting there like oh my gosh in my junior year I really want to do well and I think a lot of that pressure was like exhausting as well so. did you did you find that I mean, I guess you were never really on another team because you only competed with Long Beach your entire tenure, right? right. The whole time mm-hmm. you were there. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like competing for a team that made it, might have had fewer restrictions would have helped you? Do you think it would have hurt you? I mean, I think it probably would have hurt me. Yeah. I think that I needed I needed at that time in my life um, that discipline. Yeah. I, I mean, and of course you fight back against it, but you're obviously going to follow and sue. And like, that's also helped me a lot in my like life now, right. To like have that discipline and to know, okay, this is needs to be done and things. I think that if I got, I had too much freedom, I probably wouldn't have had as much success. Hmm. You know, I don't think that I would have been answering too much, too many people. And you know, yeah. so it taught me a lot. <laughs> I know for, for me, cause I've been part of big teams. I've been part of small teams. Right. I've been part of like, I'm the only one on the team team. Right. And I actually, I thrive a lot better just being solo. And right. I can set my own agenda. I'm self-disciplined when I need to. I, right. It's, hey, it's game time for you to do your thing and you have to be self-disciplined. Right. I can do that. But I get that most people can't. I think most right. people need that coach. Well, and, think, and I'm not saying that, you, yeah. that, that you're somehow inferior or that no, anybody no, would no, be inferior no. for that. No, I agree with you 100%. But the, the weird thing is that now, like if I were to take the person I am right now and go back, I would work so well by myself. Yeah. I would kick butt. I mean, that's what, you know, but it was because of the skills that I learned through the discipline first, right? I needed to be taught to be on that level or that platform in order to go out on my own, which I'd never had before, right? I didn't know anything about it, so. It's really interesting that the discipline that you learn from speech and debate, I mean, for both of them, it's like, it's hard to describe to somebody who hasn't really done it to the the national caliber level. I mean, if if you dabble in it, then... You know, I guess I, you kind of that's like another level of discipline. But when you're right. nationally competitive right. and when you have your eyes on that prize, mm-hmm. you, you're you have to focus so hard. And you're talking 12 hours a day. And I didn't blink an eye when you said that. I'm going, yeah, yeah that's yeah. about what it takes. Yep. A- every day. Yeah. You know, just yeah. basically all of your waking hours. Yeah. Basically, basically. You, might, you might be able to watch a movie and eat something. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> 
you know, to reward yourself on a weekend. Yeah, I think I like would lose like 15 pounds every time before AFA or like NFA just because it would be like on your feet, on your feet, on your feet, practicing and just stress Yeah, because you want to do so well, right? So <laughs> it was a lot of work. It was yeah. a lot of work. But it was a bit like what you were saying about discipline and all that stuff. It's taught me so much now in business. So I feel like it's almost like the Olympics of business and um, – I think endurance. Yeah. And I think within business, endurance is the only thing that you really you really have if you want to be really successful. I love that you just said endurance because mm-hmm. I've I've equated this a lot of times to people that mm-hmm. like both my parents are marathon runners. Okay. And I think that really helped me. You said you did sports. Uh-huh. I will bet you that that probably has paid off the fact that you're athletic mm-hmm. in doing speech and debate just because especially nationals um you know, I came in for, for AFA. Right. I would come in a day early, right? Uh-huh. So we would start on, the tournament was like what? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday Monday. Monday. So it's normally a four-day tournament. Right. I, I would come in the day before and do meetings all day yep. for the national rep. And then I was um, like doing my district meetings in the morning and then the national meetings in the afternoon mm-hmm. and then competing. And you're, by the end of it, you're, you're you're exhausted. Exhausted. You got nothing left in the tank. Yeah. Especially I would lose if you're my making voice. it all the way. Yeah. If you're making it all the way to final round. Oh yeah. It's like, do you realize how much energy you've exerted just going, <laughs> just constantly, constantly? Especially if you had like six qualifying events. Yeah. Because you're never you you're just constantly going. It was it was exhausting. And you look back on that, you're like, that's endurance yeah and yeah it did come through oh sports. and then two weeks later you get nfa oh yeah and it's and like, like let's oh. do it all over again only <laughs> nfa is a little bit longer yeah it's longer but it was, so it was as exhausting though because it was more like a i would say a marathon whereas a sprint was afa i feel like afa was more like every single second you're going 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 nfa or afa afa and nfa because it was a longer time like in between is a marathon rounds. yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that mm-hmm. i would say that afa is more of like a long sprint though it's like right. one of those yeah a long sprint long like it's not sprint. like in two days you know yeah. it's definitely especially if you're going to Nash uh to the final rounds yeah yeah definitely that's so crazy though I, I think endurance is the right word yeah and people that have done it they I think they would they would be quick to agree but people who haven't are like oh yeah whatever you're just you're talking and you're like no there's so much more than that yeah and, and just worrying and obsessing over every little thing and you yeah. have to in order to try to make make it all come together right and well and i think mentally exhausting because you have to stay under a certain time limit you're like right. in your head all the time yeah and you're and then you're worried about how you're sitting how you're presenting yourself i mean it's all politics when the, everyone's watching you yeah. you know and you're and you're in well for the girls we're in heels <laughs> and we're in suits uh you know which so. segues nicely i okay. want to talk about the dress code for women at speech tournaments okay what well, especially because there was some, uh, I'm not privy to it because I, I just threw on a suit and was done with it and was right. like, okay, whatever. Uh, but I feel like females especially have like this West Coast and East Coast vibe uh-huh. and like, you can't do that over here and where's your pearls and things like that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I wonder if you, if you have opinions about that, like what are your thoughts about um, it? You know what? I'm the type of person that finds a lot of power in a uh, skirt suit. Hmm. I think that... The colors, I mean, wearing a red skirt suit, you're dominating the room. Yeah. And I think sexuality, in a sense, was actually a plus in a lot of those situations. You know, for me, I mean, I don't mind wearing a hot, like, pantsuit as well. And you were allowed to. But I'm, I think that there was um, 
The only thing that I would say was a little bit weird, though, is because there is money in certain suits, right? So, like, you could tell when somebody was wearing a really sharp-looking right. suit and then maybe somebody who didn't have as much money, a little bit baggier, like, not quite the right colors or, you know. So I think that that was a little bit um, uneven. Um, but I, di- I didn't really have that big of a problem. The only problem I had was with the heels. I literally hated that after a while. Because my feet You're were You're not a heel me. person? Well, I mean, I liked it and it was great, but my feet were killing me. And I still mm. have, like, problems with my feet from then now, you know? So mm. I'm like, <laughs> Did you switch into flats in between rounds? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. But still, it's like, you know, when you're standing up there for 10, 11 minutes just standing and then, you know, and then off to the next round, you have six of those three times a day. You know, you're more or less That's in those... That's crazy. Yeah, you're more or less in those heels. Um, but... I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really have any big opinions about the dress. I think that it was good that we were in suits. I think that if everybody had um, the ability to just dress in whatever they wanted to, it would be very um, uneven. Um, mm. So it kind of leveled the playing field in that sense. Mm-hmm. Just like everyone has a black book. Right. Uniform, you know. But that's my opinion about it. <laughs> I have uh, so opinions? much that I want to talk to you yeah. about. Because I have... I, I also... Part of this podcast because it's my podcast I can right. do whatever I want. Yeah, of course. Uh, exactly. I want to relive some funny moments that you and I have had and some really okay. interesting ideas. One moment, this would have been in your fourth year. Okay. We went to the AFA warm up in Ohio. Uh-huh. And you and I shared a round. And I I don't know if you remember this round yet, but you will in a minute. Because okay. I, I know this is gonna be a memorable round <laughs> okay. for you. And I think you were double entered and you came in uh-huh. and when you came in i gave you a i remember giving you a look of like you just joined a party and you don't know which joined because the judge for this round was insane she was I think, crazy like like screaming and like laughing the whole time yes. and being like really but i i to be honest and to be fair this yeah. might be sound a little bad but i think she i think she'd had a brain injury i truly okay. think she had <laughs> And I think she had mentioned it too. She was like, I had a brain injury. I went skiing and I think she had a skiing accident. Okay. Okay. But the round was stacked. It was like, it was you, me, Nick, Mickey Cox. And it was like I have four or five other people. And I think of, of the people that were in the room, right. only one of them had not gotten into finals at some point at AFA or NFA or something like okay, that. Okay, so it was like, this is a stacked room. Right, like. and one, that one person was like a semifinalist. <laughs> and it was like, this is probably the most stacked room I've ever seen. And she kept talking about like, here's how you do speech. Like she was explaining it to us like we didn't know what was going on. I and remember this. And we were all like, yeah, what's and she was happening? like talking for a really long time in between everybody's speech, right? And like giving notes, yes. While uh, afterwards, yes. And we're all like, oh. just fill the form out, lady. Got to go. Like, okay. And and it was pushing us way back on time, right? And the next round was starting to come in to sign up, and we're like, we're not even done yet. We still got a couple more Everyone's like, to go. wait, what? And everyone yes. was, was too worried to say something about Do you remember this? I remember that. I mean, not as like vividly, but I do remember that. I remember I remember the whole round. I remember it. And it was like really awkward because you're like, you didn't want to be the person to tell her. Yeah. Because you didn't want to be the one docked. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're all competing here, right? So but, you're like. 
Yes. And I don't want to say anything because I thought it might spin her off for another five minutes on a whole new topic. Like, I thought it was just going to give her more fuel to talk about things. Yeah, and I was like, like, I'm just going to be quiet. Maybe you'll run out of things to say and we'll get going. Oh, my gosh. I remember that. That was that was our senior year. Yeah. And I remember, fourth year. I remember look, giving you a look when you, I think you walked in. And I remember looking at you like, you don't know what you walked into. I remember that you shook your head. You're like, you're like behind her. Yeah. You're like, nope. I was like, what? Like, I was like, is there something wrong with me? That was a bizarre round. And I really wish I'd had a recording of it just because the things she was saying and she was like going off on like crazy, insane babbling. For, but I remember her like actually like making comments about how they could have improved. Yes. yes. She was definitely like, doing like verbal critique after yeah and we're like oh my gosh everybody was just like quiet because that's so awful <laughs> because everyone's like oh great and i remember too i i you and i also had a moment i think i might have mentioned this to you before but um where i really thought of you more than just a, a competitor from another team and someone that i enjoyed but someone where I, I was like now you have crossed over into friend mode right and i remember the competition uh-huh. And it was, I think, after second round or maybe th- it must have been after first or second round at uh, San Francisco, okay, our, yes. f- our fourth year. Uh-huh. And I was doing a DI uh-huh. and you saw it yeah. and you came kind of running up to me after the round. You said, come here, come here, come here. And I was like, what? And you said, <laughs> you need to be walking into the audience with this piece. Like you're not walking into the audience and you, you need to. And the whole piece was about... Philippe Petit, who does this wire walk, and he right. walks out, and you know, that, uh, and went, high, or tight, r- high wire, high wire, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going, oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. It, <laughs> why am I not doing that? And you're like, I don't know, but you need to be doing that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, and I could do it like this. And I remember kind of going, yeah, yeah. And then I stopped and went, why are you telling me this? Yeah, that's what you said. You're like, why are you telling me that? I was like, like well, I just, yeah, I, it was like I like had this idea. And it I needed, needed to be done. It needed to be done, and I needed to say it. And I was like, you're hurting. <laughs> Your chances of winning, and right. I think you lost that tournament. I, I think, think I beat I you. Yeah, because of and what I remember you did. feeling kind of bad and going, "She." Because I had like Marilyn idea. Monroe. That yeah. was that what I did. Yeah, and so and yeah. I remember thinking in that moment, I was like, "That's a true class." You did act. it. You did it. Your uh, in the final round. Yeah, we I both did. got to final rounds, and yeah. I told you before that, and then yeah. you just did, I did it. That, that. I was yeah, like, and "I'll then just, you won. I'll make it work." Yeah, that was awesome. And I think that to me really it still resonates with me, and I think. Truly, that's what this whole activity should be doing. I like, do too. And I, I want you to know that I take that philosophy and I carry it on uh, when I see people even from other teams and things like that. Yeah. I, that moment really stayed with me oh, as a, a really powerful moment and what we should be doing in this activity, which I, is you see something that should be do, being done in a piece and you go, here's how you need to be saying that. Right. No, I, well, thank you. I mean, I honestly, it, it's just an impulse and, and well, you were a good friend and also it was like four years of competing together and also I just obviously again, respect and admired you as a performer and I think at that point in time it was, you know, this is awesome and he really could do a really great job but I think this little critique and I just, you know, went and told you and it was awesome and I was like, yes. Well, I remember there was even a time I came down to your apartment in Long Beach and yeah. we kind of swapped. It was right before AFA, yeah. our singer year. Yeah, and we swapped feedback, right? It was like, you run your pieces for me and I'll run my pieces for you uh-huh. and let's give each other thoughts and feedback. Yeah. And I had already kind of developed this theory that um, good competitors are not very good Critiquers right. and you, you 
did not follow my my predictable <laughs> pattern of that because you actually gave me good notes and I was like, like oh. oh this is actually some really good ideas I should walk away with and um and I remember that and you helped me too yeah um that was when you didn't you win and info yeah I won info and then I that no, was when I wait. so here's what happened with that okay we our district did something interesting that year, which is if you had already qualified something, you could come back and showcase it at districts. Okay. So usually districts was only for people who hadn't qualified, like last chance to qualify for AFA. Oh, yeah. Um, and so we we showcased. You and I both showcased. I, I'm almost positive we showcased. We were the only ones who showcased stuff. Yeah. And I remember watching... Oh, no, no. There was also student ballots where students could give feedback to other people. Exactly. I remember that. was a, Yeah, I remember and I, that. And it was a good idea, but I don't think it worked in, in practicality. Any, but, no. But I remember watching your... I watched your prose and you watched my info. And yeah. I remember thinking later on, it's so weird because she won prose and I won info. <laughs> I know. And, and I was like, like, those are the only events that we watched of each other's. <laughs> yeah. But it worked out. It did. And we were like, hey. Great. I know. We're a great team. Yeah. There you <laughs> we go. We should have been on the same team. We could have done a great duo. <laughs> I think we work better off on, on opposite I, teams, actually. I think actually. so, too. Actually, we're like, no, here, here's some notes. Okay, just do that. <laughs> if we were like on the same team, we'd be like, I'm not giving you any yeah. notes. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I really mean that. I think that you are someone that that really embodied what the spirit of forensics should be like the ideal, um, the ideal competitor, I think is someone who is a strong competitor, but willing to give you ideas and also kind of, um, make you bring your a game. Cause I knew whenever I had you in a final round, I was like, okay, this is going to be tough. Like this is, <laughs> this is not going to be easy. It's, I'm going to have to work for this. Well, likewise, likewise. So thank you. So thank you for that. That's sweet. Well, I, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> what do you have any other strong memories from your competition season? Did you? I mean, I, I kind of shortcut your year three and year four. Are there any highlights that you would want to mention? Um, I I think year three, my NFA, I got second in poetry, um, with my favorite, I think, favorite piece, uh, Which and that was, was it. Was are we asking for it? And it kind of took an egg, like um examination of women and the places and things that they put themselves into, which is kind of weird that segues nicely into the Me Too movement now. But it had like a girl on a train that was like rubbing up against a guy like uh, awkwardly. And then it was like a girl that um, was really drunk at a party, you know, Mm. and it just kind of um, it posed that question to everyone. And clearly it was like an Andrea Gibson um, poem that was like she gets choked by the guy and she's like hanging there and it's obvious that we're not asking for it, right? Like we're priceless and stuff and I don't know why but that was just something that really hit with me and I was really, really proud of that and myself and finding those pieces and um, I love that. That was definitely my favorite piece and I remember um, being in that final round and just holding that and I think I went like a minute or something over but I like and it was a final round NFA and I just held myself like with you know my hand choking myself and hanging like I was on a a noose because that's like how it ended yeah and I remember looking back down like everyone crying and I'm crying and I'm like oh my god this moment is so impactful to me in so many ways and I just felt it in my bones I felt like this just I don't know, this release. And it, it's just like, this is what this is about. This is really important to me. This 
conversation and I was able to portray it the best way I could just in this moment. When people say forensics or they say speech, is that one of the first things that comes to mind, like that moment? Um, I think it instantly comes to the pros, winning nationals with pros, mm. um, especially because that one was all me. Mm. I wrote everything. I cut that down. Everybody didn't believe in it. And I did um, until once I had finally done it all myself, cut it all down. No coaches were really interested in what I had. Um, and then showcasing that to them before AFA. Nobody had seen it. They're all, and everyone's mouths start dropping. And I'm like, okay, wait, <laughs> you got something here, you know? Um, and I, I just, I remember that. That one was really great. I still actually, when I um, have had too many drinks, I sometimes do the monologue for oh, that. Wow. Just, you know, yeah, when she's like, kills the sun. <laughs> it's a great party trick, I'll tell you what. Is, uh, <laughs> of all the pieces that you, that you did, is that the one that you still could pull up? Like, if... If somebody put a gun to your head and said, all right, you've got five minutes to put together a piece that you've performed before, is that the one that you would go to first to be like, okay, I've got it still kind of memorized. Yeah. And I could put it back I mean, together. I could, I, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do it perfectly, like the beginnings and ends, but I could, I could remember enough of it to be like, okay, yeah, let's do it. You know? I mean, it's been a decade. It's been a decade, but like, yeah, I got, I still got it. I could still remember I it. I still remember it. You're like, go now. Gun. <laughs> I just happen to have this loaded gun right here. Yeah, like for Randall's birthday. <laughs> um, no, yeah. So that one, that's Was there a recording of it? Did you ever put it up online or anything? Or? No. I, I mean, I don't think I have one recording of myself doing speech ever. None? Not one, which wow. is so sad because I think my friends now have absolutely no idea about it, but they always are like, I really wish I would see like something of a final round of you yeah. performing. And I'm like, yeah, me too. That's a that's a, is a shame though they they don't do that yeah that they don't film the final rounds well they were that al- it was great. always explained to me from you know being in a lot of those meetings uh-huh. um, because I asked about that several yeah. times as a student rep I would ask and they said it was for copyright purposes right but I had done you know I I'd been a cinema major and I knew from previous experience especially with copyright issues of of song licensing and things like yeah. that that. Um, there's never been one case where students have ever been sued by anybody claiming copyright infringement for a student film. So basically right. it was like, you, you can do it. It's fine. Yeah, and also like... I and mean, it's now, educational purposes. Right, and also it's like people do covers of songs all the time. As long as right. they don't mimic exactly how the, other per- the singer sings, it's fine. Well, there also has to be a monetary damage that's done, right? right. I mean, how are we making money off of that it's, you're like this is my performance everyone buy it you know it's like i mean right it's like I, yeah you're in suits with like little black books like this is definitely just a vanity thing like we're i think not it's like, just, yeah i think it's people that are, are too either afraid that they're going to be sued over nothing that or it's just probably, too much work and yeah and they're probably just like it's an extra cost and they probably didn't right. want like some people might be camera shy even though you're in front of all these people it's but <laughs> the sad part is that there's not a record of it you know yeah. there's so many great performances think of all the incredible performances that they, we'll never get to see well and they do it in high school right so like that's what I, I mean that would be like the thing that I would probably bring to it it's like you should have these recorded final rounds that's it you know like you can get to final rounds like I think that especially those seniors that worked for four years finally got to these final rounds worked their butts off that they don't have their final their national performance right up. it's just like come on well what I did right after uh, you know, our fourth year I went back and I held a, like a, it was over two weeks. I did a big showcase uh-huh. of all of my speeches. And I, because I knew 
these are not going to be I'm not going to be able to do these in the future. Yeah. I, I'm, it's going to fade out of my memory and I'm I'm in it right now. That's smart. And so I went back and like re-memorized like all the stuff from year 1, year 2, year 3 oh, wow. and recorded you did everything. All of that? Yeah. You're incredible. That's so amazing. It was like Friday night was year 1, Saturday night was year 2. And then the next week it was year three, year four, year three, year four. And then the, then on that Sunday we did a matinee of like the best of whatever. Oh, that's awesome. People would vote. You know, I gave the audience like which one of these do you, you know, so they would rank them one through five. And right. It was like yeah. a cool little speech thing. But I'm, I'm really glad that I did that because there's a record of almost every speech that I've performed competitively now. And yeah. I, I've got that and I can say here's some of the things that I did that were nice and some that worked out poorly or whatever, but it's a, but some you, sort of record that yeah, can point to. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing I think is the worst part of it. I'm like, I just wish, but uh, there's something to be said about being in a final round and that energy and like being there. Yeah. I think that there's a buzz to like be captured in those moments. Like, I mean, that's great. I wish I had the ability to do that showcase or even thought of to do that. Like by the time I was done, I was done. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm like Hollywood, like I'm going. Yeah. Um, but I wish I would have like, done that um but man to get those final rounds, final rounds. and you know uh, the final rounds for uh for nationals are really intense but almost what's even more intense are the hfo final rounds oh, or like yeah. the norton final rounds like where oh, they're yeah. like everyone there's small classrooms still but they're packed with people and it's like this crazy weird energy because well, everyone's like looking to see like what they're gonna have to run up against an afa so right. everyone's like sitting there like with like pins and needles like ah you know like whereas like afa everyone's like i've got my piece this is it like what am i gonna do like, or this is how i didn't gonna... break and so i'll just i'm kicking back and just watching yeah now for like, fun. yeah they're a, a hfo they're like they're i didn't still break researching. so yeah let me see how i'm gonna beat this yeah person. and what do i need to eyes do? full of judgment and everything else oh yeah it's <laughs> so bad and it's it's really some of those. I remember seeing some of those faces from performing, like from the performance stage, looking back, going, "This is terrifying." It's terrifying. Well, you know what? I had the worst uh, trouble with was th- once I shut my book and had to do my introductions. You know how many times I forgot my lines and stood there for twenty seconds, like the most embarrassing moments of my life. Whoa. I still remember them, and I would be sitting there, and I remember one time, like I was, <laughs> I shut it. Everyone's there, and I looked. <laughs> Paul Davis, like, looking at me, and he's so embarrassed for me, and I could not come up with what I was supposed to say, and I was like, and here we go. <laughs> I just went on, and it was just so bad. Um, what but, piece was that? Do you remember? Uh, I th- It was a lot various pieces especially like my sophomore year um i had a lot of trouble with it because it wasn't necessarily my writing right Mm. so the coaches would help me with the introductions and like that writing the argument not that i wasn't there you know developing it with them but they would help with their own diction or you know their own word choice yeah Yeah. and their verbiage whatever and that wasn't how i would speak or uh, discuss something so it was really hard to remember those by the time I was a senior I you know I was writing everything myself so it's like oh I wrote this I know exactly what I'm talking about right. <laughs> but before then I was like <laughs> the people I was like the- I would go and so with this I'd be like long pause and then I would look at every and then you're like in that really messed up situation where you're staring at people and they're staring back at you and they're embarrassed because you're staring at them and it just becomes this whole cycle I saw one guy uh, and and I remember somebody else maybe no you know what 
somebody told me about this. <laughs> this guy ate shit so hard <laughs> where he forgot he was doing i think an informative speech and he forgot all of body three and just blanked out and couldn't remember it and so he just went to the conclusion and started saying the conclusion and started doing his review yeah and he when he hit the review he goes uh, today i told you about this and i told you about that and what you would have learned if i talked about it over here was this and so he finally remembered what he was supposed to say right? in the middle of his review <laughs> of his conclusion and basically like kind of shoehorns in the all of the stuff that he talked that about he forgot. i think i remember that i think i definitely remember that that is wild it's just so it's so crazy because it's like you know like i would catch an eye or something when I did the infos and the persuasion, uh, persuasion speaking and uh, persuasive, I mean, I got fifth at AFA my senior year at persuasive. I did never you? had done it before. And I was so proud. I was like, yes, I did it. But wow, like that was really tough for me. For some re- weird reason, the jargon and all of that, it wasn't necessarily creative. Yeah. And if I caught someone's eye in the audience that I knew, goodbye. Done. Forgot it. I had, I called them echoes. Because when I would flub, <laughs> yeah, I would get myself back on track, and then I'd start saying the line. And about twenty or th- uh, twenty-five seconds later, you can almost set a cl- uh, watch by it. Yeah, I would get up in my head and be like, "Dude, you just messed that line up. I can't believe you did that. Oh my god, why would you mess the line up?" And then yeah. there would be another line mess up because I just screwed. I was so in my head about the yes. first mess up. Yes, I'm going. Stop it. Get yes. control. It was the mess ups. It yeah. was definitely the. It was. I think it was just you judging yourself for doing it. Yeah, for sure. One hundred percent. Inner and, monologue chatter. And I don't think that very many judges really cared about the little flubs and bumps no. along the way. No. And when you go back and you judge, you're like, okay, I get it. Who cares? It's not that big a deal. But yeah. when you're a competitor, you're thinking, oh my gosh, they had one micro flub. <laughs> I've I've taken first in this round now. Ha ha. You screwed up. I know. And then if you didn't, and, and that person, you you're like, they messed up. Like. Two times I heard them stutter. I cannot believe it. This is these politics. This this round was bogus. Exactly. And, and it's you're like, like yep, did you listen to what they were saying? They're like, they're, it was like life changing. They're yes. talking about like yes. different types of fuel that we can like live off of. And like what I was talking about was like a pencil. You yeah. know what I mean? It was a Hello Kitty pencil <laughs> and it was important. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, absolutely. And I... I remember it, uh, one of one of my best moments of having that um, was I, I remember going into national final rounds at NFA and I remember walking up for the final round and I forgot my line. You were talking about forgetting before yeah. I ever opened my mouth <laughs> and I was walking up to the front of the stage and I remember thinking, what's my first line? What what do I begin? And I started having this little mini panic attack right, and right. was like, I don't know what my first line is. <laughs> And I remember stopping myself just mentally and was like, stop. Stop. Just relax. This is a walk in the park. I remember yeah. saying that. Just like, this is a walk in the park. You've done this so many times. Right. The words will come. Yes. Just relax. And yes. I got up there and was like, okay. Okay. And the words just flowed right out. But you know what it is? It's like that mental, like, you know, just I feel like almost meditation. They should be taught to like these speech yeah. kids to just be like, take those breaths. You know, calm, calm down. down. It's all inside your head. You yeah. know how to do this. You know all the words. You're fine. But I didn't know that for a while. <laughs> it's really hard to it's, bring that up. It's really and hard. And I, re- I remember, too, during the performance, there was somebody that, that, like, in the final round, somebody walked in to the back of the room and just started searching for a seat. And they were like, what is this? And they were kind of like. <laughs> like a parent. Yeah, that's what it was. And, yeah. and I was like, 
you do you know how hard I've worked to be here? And I had to immediately just kind of push them yeah. out of my brain. I was yeah. like, I can't focus on that right now. If I do, I'm going to lose control and I cannot lose control. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, Ryan Smith did a really, really great job of um, preparing us for things like that. Like when we would be rehearsing at CSULB during either winter break or spring break, because that's the times that we would work, you know, work when no, nobody was there. Right. And we would get to do those anthem types of um, classrooms and he would have the coaches come. We'd be like, you know, you know, practicing or whatever in front of a coach, and he would have disruptors come in mm. and be like, "What's going on in here?" Like screaming it this way or whatever else. And you know, you weren't able to break. You were no matter what they did, even if they came up and walked past you. He was like. <laughs> We're going to do this so that you guys are prepared, which I think was really, really good. When I was in high school, we had a, our speech team in high school. We started doing, uh, before plays especially, we would have shake tests where uh-huh. they would purposely try to get up in your grill. And, you know, they'd be, uh, and I still do it with a lot of my students that are going to nationals now. Right. Uh, but, you know, they would take pens and put them in your hair and you know, right. behind your ear and try, try to totally mess with you. In high school, it got really weird because it started getting like into the like. I heard you've got a crush on on Samantha, huh? And it's like, yeah, I've been trying to bone Samantha for the past six months, and now you're calling everybody out. And on like, it. And now I feel really embarrassed, but I'm yeah. not gonna break. But I'm not gonna break character. Yeah, right. And then after you're like, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. But it's good. I think it's good. It good practice. So, yeah. Well, Speech. how do you feel like it's carried you? I mean, obviously, you said that it's given you discipline in your in your career now. Yeah. Are there other ways that your speech career has paid off? I mean, um, I'm sure there has to be, but what are some of those ways? Um, I think, honestly, I'm, oh, I'm publishing my own poetry book. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, that comes out next year? Next year, next spring. Um, I'm still kind of figuring it all out, but I, I do have an Instagram that I've, I write a lot on, and... Um, that all came from speech. I was really well, uh, good in poetry, but I, I read so much of it that I, it was just really easy to start following that, you know, that flow of writing, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so that's really kind of kept with it in the creative side of things. Um, and I went to, I did filmmaking. I did a lot of things with my poetry. Three of the short films that I have are me narrating my poem yeah. behind it with, you know, almost like music video esque yeah. type of thing. Um, you saw one of those. I did. I had the privilege of going to the, uh, what was the name of the festival? It was, um, the, the Holly shirts at the Grommets. Holly shorts, right. Yeah. Right. So that was nice. Um, but yeah, that all came from speech. I think breaking and putting things together that way way so creatively that definitely um you know went over into my adult years and then all of the research all of the discipline all the late nights all the speech writing everything the editing you know now I'm um certified as an international association of professional writers and editors um which I got a couple weeks ago Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yeah. So, um, and I've got asked to do now guest blogging and, you know, I run my own PR firm um, with an incredible business partner and she's great with aesthetics and content and I do all, ma- mainly most of the writing. Um, and I don't think that I would have known how to do all of that without no. that structure, without that discipline, without knowing that you have to research everything. I research everything before I write anything i scour the internet and i google the shit out of everything because of all the stuff we had to do in order to write an info write a persuasive speech you know so i think that that's really helped and also the discipline uh talking in front of people 
it's, it comes in handy. Yeah. Especially in uh, PR. <laughs> and the ability to uh, to switch into high heels when no one's looking. Yeah, know? exactly. Like I just throw them on, like, you know, throw them to the ground and be like, oh, I'm in high heels now. Not um, to trivialize all of what you're doing down to high heels. Yeah. Just to make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just, I think it like creatively business minded, um, research, all of that, I think discipline, endurance, all of those things definitely have helped me and they're really great in the profession that now I'm in. That's so, good to hear. Yeah. I'm really happy about it. And that you have, you have the artistic side balanced as well. Yeah. It's you know? great. And, and well, and that's the interesting thing. Cause I did those, uh, the informative and the persuasive later on. Right. But that's what's helping me in business now. And then all that creative stuff helped me with the film. So like that balance in speech also has balanced my life now too as well. AJ Moorhead sat right where you're sitting and Uh he had a a good little nugget that stayed with me as he said, you know, you're always interping like all of these events you're interping, like whether you're doing persuasive or informative or debate or impromptu or anything you're always interpreting right did you find that that was true when you were doing persuasive or informative well yeah i mean that's not how i would speak you know and like to walk like this with a hand out like i mean obviously it's like (laughs) you know like you're holding a tray of food or something yeah no no from like jeopardy what's her name vanna white vanna white (laughs) yeah like i'm gonna go over here to my point here Mm. and then you have to pause and there was a certain inflection with your voice yeah and i like to chalk that up to um, uh, you know, multi-cam comedy. Right. There's a song to it, right? A sing-song kind it's of It's a approach. sing-song, yeah. and that's the same way that Persuasive is. So to his point, yeah, it's interpreting, I think. I think he's right. I do too. And even with debate, there's a little, like the best debaters have a little bit of interpretation they're putting in, a little bit of passion that they're throwing behind what yeah, they're they saying. Yeah, they have their character. Right. Like how they speak, right? You know, like some of them like are really dads, like really quick. Yeah. you know, they come a, become a character. Like that's not necessarily who they are. And they clearly don't way. feel that way because if you flip sides, if you go, okay, well, <laughs> you're, you're pro now, you're on, the, you're on the affirmative, and they're like, oh, well, I'm just as passionate as I was moments ago. Yeah, exactly. So it is. Yes, absolutely. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. That's great. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> We're always interpreting in life. We are always a character. Truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> all right, Amanda, yes. I have some survey questions I'm going to ask oh, you, all right? Okay. So this is uh, these are 10 survey questions that we ask every guest who comes on this podcast. Okay. Uh, so y- you are no different. You are one of the guests. This is what I call <laughs> the final round. Are you ready? Uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I don't know. Let's see. Well, let's see if you are. <laughs> all right, so the final round questions. Number one, were you superstitious? Yes. In what way? Um, I don't know. What am I superstitious? I'm more like universally superstitious. No, but I, I just mean, mean for competitions. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I mean, I would make sure that I was wearing the same suits like all year. I like had the same exact stuff, so I wouldn't get new stuff. Um. Especially if I won in it. So if you won in the suit, it had the good juju on it. And you yeah. would keep it. Oh, that was my power suit. Yeah. Yes. I know some people who never washed their suit, and oh, they no. probably should have. No, 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 no. I always <laughs> wash my suit. I'm very clean. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. So anything else? Any other superstitions that you had? Mm, no, not necessarily. I'm more OCD, like having to repeat something at least like 12 times. Like I, what? Um, like, you know, practicing like oh, okay. 12 times a day. So would speech. it be like 12? Was that the number? Yeah. For some reason. I would wow. do it 12 times. That's like that week before AFA. Not all the time, like every day. <laughs> You're like, okay, girl. Simmer down. Get it together. All right. Question number two. Who is the competitor you most admired? Oh, wow. That's... 
I really admired Caitlin Megan. Oh? Yes. Why? I just think that she was an incredible actress. I loved her choices and speech and what she chose and how she acted. And I think she really committed and I think it was great. And I'll always remember that her senior year, she was wearing a red suit, her national thing for, was it DI? And it was a mom um, talking to her son about he just shot up a school. And I, it was incredible. I think she got second place in it, but it was, yeah. I definitely thought for sure one. Well, that leads us into question number three. Yeah. What's the most memorable speech you've ever seen? <sighs> I mean, I think I just answered. I think that that was. Was it that one? I think that that was it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm, yeah, I didn't like, I, I'm like trying to think, this is like a decade ago. So I'm like, that obviously is the one that I thought of right away. So obviously it's the most memorable. I All think. right. Okay. Well, question number four, how do you explain forensics to someone who's unfamiliar with it? <laughs> I just say, so it's like competitive acting. Um, yeah. I, I say speech. I'm like, it's basically competitive acting and you go around the country um, competing against other people from colleges. And yeah, I'm like, you do prose, poetry, DI. It's really hard. I mean, it's, I mean, long winded. It's really difficult to explain. I don't think that many people care. I think they stop <laughs> listening after the first. Yeah. Yeah. Seconds. Competitive something. I got you. They're like competitive acting. You're stacking okay. cups, right? Is that <laughs> yeah. what it is? They're like, cool. Forensics. You're cutting open bodies. Yeah. That's they're like, you did forensics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number five, what was your most unusual inspiration for a speech? Most unusual inspiration. Oh, wow. I don't, I, wow, that's, that's a difficult one for me. I think that, huh. To be unique as well. I mean, I think, um, I would go back to the poetry piece of, are we asking for it? I, I think that that was, um, the most inspired I was, but like awkward, like, I was like, that question isn't something that I actually thought. Like, mm. I, I was like, no, we're definitely not asking for it. So I think that was interesting play on it to ask people that. I, like, posed the question. I didn't answer it for them. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think that would probably be it. Did you have personal experiences that led you to, 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 doing, that? to doing that? Yeah, I mean, all the time. I mean, that's just like being a girl in this world, I think. I mean, there are so many awkward situations. I mean, even more so now, um, especially in a professional situation where you're around, like, professional older men yeah um even with the me too movement but back then yeah i mean there were so many situations where i felt really awkward or like yelled at or like maybe like somewhat too drunk at a party and felt like maybe like uh, you know all eyes were on you so you were almost like prey so yeah definitely i think that that's why it was probably so powerful to me because it was so close so yeah <laughs> <laughs> you just reminded me of something else. What? I used to be such a jerk. What? We I remember our our first year we went to AFA and there was some party that we went to afterwards. Oh, you remember that? I th literally saw that picture yesterday. Which one? It's like you're like ah, oh, like with me and grabbing Ali you or something. Me and Alicia. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. like <laughs> like by our boobs. <laughs> yeah. But you weren't like actually grabbing us. You were just like. <laughs> that, like that, that's like what Jim happened to Carrey. Al Franken. And he got like, uh, removed in the Me Too movement. So. You're like, oh my God, don't bring that picture up. <laughs> no, but like that's, no, it's, it, but those are We the were being like, silly. Yeah. We were like all having fun and that's a different situation. I remember at that party yeah. <laughs> being such a jerk because you're talking about being drunk at parties yeah. and stuff. 
everybody was drinking and Dave and I were unique because we were hanging out, but we were older than everybody else. Right. And I was like 24, 25, and most everybody else was like 19 or 20, <laughs> and everybody was drinking, and the cops showed up at the party. And I remember they were saying something like, uh, I'm going to come through here and like look at everybody's ID. And, and I was mouthing oh, yeah. off from the back, and I was like, I got mine. Come on in. And everybody was like, shut up. Oh, yeah. Shush, everybody shush. was so mad. And they like, were like, shut up, man. <laughs> and all I was doing was just getting everybody riled. I know. I remember that. I remember they were like, don't say that. We're we had a big pyramid that time, too. Do you remember? I got everybody to do a pyramid, like a cheerleader yes, pyramid. we have that. Yeah. We, I have those pictures. Like, oh, my gosh. That was a really funny. I had to bring those pictures up. a fun up. Little, little sidebar. Yeah. Uh, okay. Question number six. Sure. Has a speech ever caused you to change? Has speech ever caused me to change? Um, I can't specifically say uh, like a particular speech. I think more or less, I think speech in general did. Mm. I think that there was a lot of things about like uh, transgender. There mm. were transgender um, competitors, a lot of gay competitors that obviously right. I was like exposed to prior to that. And like, I wasn't judgmental, but I was surrounded by so many different types of races and um, sexual orientations that that in itself, just being in the activity changed me fully, completely mm. gave me so much empathy. And a lot of these people were, um, you know, talking about these, these issues and I can't really like pinpoint one exactly. But I think all of them that I heard time and time again about the injustices that they've like went through it just has made me i think a very empathetic human being and very well very liberal <laughs> have you ever cried and this is not one of the questions that i was gonna ask you but just on on that note have you ever cried at a round um mm, no i've only cried twice okay i cried at my own when like when i was do, performing yeah but i don't know if that counts no i, don't I mean it's somebody else's speech <laughs> i know when did you cry i cried i had a fifth grader uh -huh. who did a poetry and it wasn't even around it was in rehearsal but she uh. just she, it was about bullying and she just got real with it she and like, like she was talking about herself she had she started owning the material yeah. and i was like whoa i just got a window of your soul and yeah. then um there was I, I can't remember the competitor's name um but this one prose piece this past year at nfa and semifinals and both times i didn't cry i just got kind of got misty-eyed misty i could feel myself getting choked up uh -huh. but she was just she was stellar. She knocked it, it out of the park. So good. Yeah, I think like maybe. And she ended up pulling like fourth or something, and I'm like, man. I you're like, what? I think probably I can't remember the piece, but Lydia Nelson made me cry in a piece. I think it was like a di, maybe my freshman, yeah, freshman or sophomore year. Remember Lydia Nelson? Oh yeah. Oh, she was just incredible. She was. She was stunning. I mean, it's so hard to think about the exact pieces anymore at this point, but I remember she definitely made me cry in a round. Well, I think it was hard to, uh, I mean, I remember you and, and I so much being double or even triple entered yeah. that we didn't get to see so many of the pieces. We and were always walking to the other round and you're in your own world. Yeah. You're in your head. Yeah. You're, I think you're so stunted by like, oh my gosh. I, and you're like, okay, oh my gosh. And then it's hard unless you're like sitting there and actually like enjoying like a piece, which is not necessarily what we got a chance to do very right. often. So, yeah. Okay. Question number seven. Uh -huh. What did you do with your awards? They are in my apartment right now in Sherman Oaks. Yeah? Um, not all of them. A lot of the bigger ones, we're, we're in the Cal State Long Beach. Um, Trophy case? Yeah. I think that they probably are still there. I don't know why they would take them out. 
I mean, they might have. It's 10 years. Yeah. So who knows? I, I mean, I don't know where they went. <laughs> when you said there are a lot of the ones that you have that are up. No, like your... I don't have the AFA ones. You don't have the AFA ones? The AFA ones, Cal State Long Beach wanted them for the communications department to put in their glass case. And I was supposed to get them, I think, like after the year. And I just never did. I was like in a weird world. I was like in the rock and roll scene in Hollywood. And I just kind of was like, whatever, past life. Now I regret it. But I do have a lot of like all of the quarterfinalists. I have like all the ones, you know, like the glass ones. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. The the coasters. Yes, the coasters. (laughs) Yeah, I have all those. But like the big, the like uh, four speaker in the nation I got and uh, first in nationals and all the plates are the, yeah i don't have any of the plates you should go try to track those down I, and be like, I want my stuff back i should actually call them and be like hey do you still have these i mean you would think that so, they might when i left uh glendale uh-huh um when i stopped teaching there i left under not good conditions we we had we butted heads okay. and at the end it was it was bad right. the administration and i just did, did not get along um and the last thing I did before I left is I went in, opened up the trophy case, took out all the trophies that I had been a part of, and was like, "Huh, I got them now." Yeah, and it was like, "These are these are mine, man." You're like, "These are mine." So I, I left all the ones that weren't mine, but the ones that I had a, a hand in doing. I'm like, I, "I'm not going to leave these here." You're so good at like collecting things and like yeah, doing I can't your stop. Tell that to my wife. She's <laughs> like, "Will you like, please stop collecting you're things?" Like, organizing like remembering to have all these things i'm like ah i can take a page out of your book this is a page out of my book (laughs) this podcast is a page out of my book (laughs) this will be collected (laughs) i know it will not get lost thank you question number eight yeah what speech skill do you use most often in your day-to-day life you've talked about this a little bit but which one do you think you use most um i think that i use the editing the editing um, oh, yeah. portion, like part of like being able to exclude certain things? I think research and editing. I think like taking things and understanding. I think it's just the research and writing because I write press releases all the time and I'm yeah. writing blogs and I'm writing about research and it's just the organization. Yeah, it's, I, everything that I learned with that, um, you know, organizing how to put like a, a story together. That Looks like you're sense. using a lot of good hand gestures, too. Maybe that's a good skill you've I, learned. You know what? I think the emphasis on all of that is because I was always restricted with a black book, and I couldn't do that. <laughs> now my, I have idle hands. <laughs> Devil's play tool. Question number nine. Why didn't you quit? Quit speech? Yeah. Uh, because I was good at it. <laughs> I was good at it. All right. I mean, that's well, what if you were good at, you know, slamming heroin? You wouldn't quit that? <laughs> well, I don't think anybody could be good at that. With with positive repercussions, I, I was see. good at it, I right? <laughs> All right. Now, question 10. This is my favorite question. Okay. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? What's the best speech advice you've ever received? Um, I think that the... Gosh, I don't... I'm trying to think about this one for a second. Best piece I ever received. It's the best speech advice you've ever received. You know, Ryan Smith was like such my mentor in so many ways. And obviously he was also the director of forensics for Cal State Long Beach. But we had a special bond beyond that um, and in a friendship way. But uh, he would always just be like, you know, just make it your own. Right. Like, you know, get inside of this, Um, especially within the acting part. 
a lot of times when you got too heightened or too into the competitive mode, you were living above it. Mm. And I think that he kept trying to remember to sink in, to like let it go here and let it go down. And it's not like, um, you know, all ahead of you and like all outside of you. So he always kind of tried to remind me that what you're doing is because this is something that, you know, you need to tell. Like it's, there's a part of you in each piece, right? And there's a truth to it. Um, and wherever you resonate within it, let that come out in your, in your speeches. So I think that's helped me even within acting, you know, like every single character that you play is, I mean, to a a quote that Meryl Streep even said once is that every piece has a bit of her in it. Mm -hmm. And that's, I guess, to the same point as what he was trying to say. And I, and that really helped me. I, it really helped me just like make it my own. Yeah. I think you're talking about making your own and that think that's a, I think that's probably the number one problem with, especially interpretation. But even, you know, as we said earlier, I think you're always interping. Yeah. And when I see elementary students, it's abundantly clear with elementary students. It's so easy to see when you go to an elementary tournament. But as you get older, like middle school and then high school and then college, it becomes harder to see, but it's still there, which uh-huh. is this word vomit. You're just kind right. of vomiting up all the words. And the problem is that as you get older, you find that rhythm and that cadence that you were talking about earlier right. and the way to say things. So you're hitting all the right rhythms, but you're everybody's wondering, why doesn't this feel right? Why doesn't it feel real? 100%. And it's because And it's like you know true. how to hit the notes or you know how to make your voice go... <laughs> And then and the voice quiver and yeah, but it's like this is all you're you're creating this all it's a, it's a character you're right and there so I and there you can feel when you've dropped in yeah you know when you're in yeah in there and you're like oh I am telling my story you're making Even it your own it's me this is me this is my thing so I think it was and that made it really powerful and especially as I got farther along so like I would say like my you know the poetry for my junior like why that's so impactful to me and what I remember of that is that it it, people could feel it like what you had said about that kid they're like with the bullying yeah they're like she was talking about herself like in that round I was talking about me right and I lost all of it like I was just like oh you know allowing yourself to be vulnerable and open with that yeah it was that's the beautiful part it was exciting it was like you broke something finally and it takes a while to get to that point but uh, yeah that was the best piece of advice and when you are witness to that yeah man it gives you shivers when you watch other people doing it too you're like wow that's incredible they just dropped in yeah and they are talking about something other than what they're saying but they're every word matters yeah it gives me goosebumps. I can still I'm getting wow. like chills right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, Amanda, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, this has been a, a lot of fun to reminisce so with you fun. and yeah, and, and talk with you about some of the weird, dumb, silly you know, things we've done. The weird stuff. You made me feel very old. Though. I felt a little senile. Like I couldn't remember most. And I was like, wait, what? That's Back okay. in my day. <laughs> Back in my day. Yeah. Well, uh, if people want to find you, where can they find you? You've got uh, an Instagram for poetry. You've got your own Instagram. You've got your book coming out. Let's give it a little plug. Right. Um, uh, my personal account, Smoy, S-M-Zero-Y. And then if you want to find my poetry account, it's uh, Smoyetry. So it's at S-M-O-E-T-R-Y. And then what is it? The little line that goes underneath? The underscore. The underscore. 
There we go. And then if you want anything to do with PR, it's at Samoyloff PR. And that's all on Instagram? All Instagram. Otherwise, you know. You no can Twitter find... or Facebook or anything like that? Um, Facebook, yeah. I mean, Samoyloff PR is everywhere. Do people still use Facebook? Um, they do. I think that I have a lot of people I'm still connected that are older. So that's become the new LinkedIn? It, it, yeah. <laughs> no, LinkedIn is really business-wise, I guess. I don't know. I mean, like my parents and my like uncles and like things like that I'm really right. connected with on like Facebook, more of a family-based type of thing. But uh, Instagram is kind of where it's at if you want to really know what's going on, I think. Well, <laughs> as for this show, if you want to reach out to us on Instagram or on Twitter, our handle there is at Forensic Podcast. Amanda, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been a, a, a huge <laughs> blast. It's been a lot of fun to talk to you. So fun. So until the next round, keep talking. And as Amanda said, Make it your own. I'm not an actress. Oh, you're acting now. Cause if you're not, somebody must show you how you got the same.